Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 145, The Mystery of the Moon. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Welcome back to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. Yeah, we're going to talk about the mystery of the moon today, John. Okay. There are mysteries to the moon, and there's a lot of people that um, are wondering if, uh, you know, the their bases on the moon. Um, okay. Why we only the see... The dark side of the moon? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why we only see one side of the moon? Uh you know, they even, uh, scientists aren't even 100% in agreement on how the moon formed. You know, they have all okay. these theories about how it's there, but it's almost, it almost looks as though it was artificially constructed. Can't they just use their theory that everything just, boom, popped yeah. into existence? Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> they, uh, they probably have some explanation for it for so-called natural causes, but it kind of, it's not like any other moon. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. So we're going to explore that today. Thank you for joining us. And uh, as always, we appreciate you listening. And we want to give a special shout out to our Bible Mysteries Premium podcast subscribers. Okay. We call them Seekers. Today's episode is brought to you by our Seekers, Carrie S., Rachel S., Carla C., Jean Michelle W., and Katarzyna S. And I'm hopefully I'm not butchering that name too too poorly, but uh, that's well. what it looks like. Katarzyna or Katarzyna S. Uh, so we thank you guys for subscribing. They became members back in January, and we're hopefully going to catch up to, well, here we are in June already, we July. Have to, we have to start mentioning 10 at a time now yeah. to get caught up. I think we'll catch up faster than that. We're yeah. going to see how it goes and uh, see if we can catch up to them. But we appreciate all you guys for listening and especially. Definitely. Uh, remember, we have bonus content for you if you are a subscriber. So make sure you connect your account and gain access to our website, BibleMysteriesPodcast.com. We have a members area. We have the Lanyap area, which is Cajun for a little something extra. Okay. Where you can find our newsletter, our uh, on-the-patio videos, uh, the questions and answers we get from people. Okay. And we'll have other content available to you as well. Plus, you get the full interviews when we have guests. Yeah. And yeah. we're going to have Timothy Alberino coming up soon. Yeah. So you're not going to want to miss that. We're going to talk about Mars. Okay. Yeah. Tim's got some ideas about Mars that I think you're going to be fascinated with. Tim does great interviews. He does. I've seen him do an interview with you, and then I've seen him on other shows, and the amount of information that he puts out there is <laughs> it's amazing. Plus, we're catching him fresh off his tour to Peru. Oh, cool. He'll, so he'll be getting back that week. About. Yeah, he's going to have a lot to talk about. So I'm excited about that. In fact, when I, I, I saw him at BlurryCon, and uh, told him I wanted to have him back on and talk about Mars, and his face just lit up. He was like, nobody wants to talk about that. So so he's genuinely excited to discuss that. Uh, But we're not going to talk about Mars today, although we might uh, bring up the moon with our interview with Timothy. Okay. But we're going to talk about the moon today. So, John, the moon is referenced many, many times in Scripture. Uh, It's referred to as a light 
that at some point will be darkened. Yeah. We even saw some of that last week yeah. when we talked yeah. about lying wonders. Uh, and then we see at some point it's going to shine brighter than the sun. Wow, which is that would be amazing. Yeah. It's called an ordinance mm-hmm. uh, in the scripture. It's worshipped as a false god yeah. in the scripture. And it's a metaphor for Israel's wife in a dream, Jacob's wife, Rachel. Okay. We'll look at that dream later. The Bible speaks of it turning into blood, and we talked a little bit about that as well last week. Mm-hmm. And we know that it stood still one day along with the sun, and that it endures forever, and it's a faithful witness. It's appointed for seasons, and it will give praise to God. And that's an interesting concept. Yeah, You know, when, when certain things that are inanimate objects are said to be, give praise unto God, it makes us wonder uh, if, um, if it's the object itself or is it going to be inhabited? Will, oh, wow. Is it possible we might occupy that. the moon? Yeah. Uh, scientists, like I said, are uncertain how the moon even came to be. Hmm. But the Bible's clear. It says God made it. Yeah. So we'll look yeah. at Genesis chapter 1, and we'll see how God created the moon. It's not actually called the moon in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. It says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, we can assume that's the sun. Yeah. And the lesser light to rule the night, we can assume that's the moon. He made the stars also. Now, it's interesting. God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Now, there's several things about this passage that I want to point out. The first reference in Scripture to the moon calls it the lesser light. Uh, it's Like I said, it's not named as the moon, but we can infer it's the moon from the context. Yeah. The sun would be the greater light, and the moon is normally visible at night with the stars. Now, there are those who want to ascribe only the strictest literal meaning to Scripture, and um, they don't allow for any typology or symbolic language. Okay. But um, we should take note that the moon is not a light. And it produces no actual luminescence. Yeah. It's only reflecting. It's yeah. reflecting the light of the sun. Mm-hmm. And so, that, you know, for example, people that talk about flat earth have a lot of verses they want to use. And I'm not picking on them. I'm just yeah. pointing out to, to me there's an error because, you know, when you see something like the moon and the sun rule over the day, well, they don't rule in the sense of they're not kings and they're not, you know, they don't control us by laws of... Yeah, you know whatever, but they but they govern forces. I believe the moon affects the tides. Sure, you yeah. know the sun obviously gives us light and heat, um, but uh, you know in the strictest sense of the word, it's not a light. It's a ball of it's a sphere of dirt. Yeah, if you want, pocked by craters, we can see that with the visible eye through a telescope. Um, so it's not actually luminous. Now, some maybe that would argue, oh, it is, it is. You you believe NASA? You believe? Well, you know, it's not just NASA that tells us these things. Uh, and, and I don't think NASA is honest. I'm not telling you that I yeah. believe they're the, the pinnacle of virtue and truth. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's some things we can see throughout centuries of discovery that are, are made evident. And the, and the moon is definitely not physically, literally a light. Uh, and, and, the, and while it, the, the sun could be said to be a light... Uh, but it's really just burning hydrogen yeah, gas. Yeah. Now, we don't know that for sure. The scientists uh, surmise that. But there's ways they can analyze the spectrum to see what type of gas is 
what yeah. chemicals are involved. I mean, there's a lot of science involved that we can we can um, prove is true. So, um, unless you're going to claim that all science and everything NASA ever did and all the data collected about the moon's composition are conspiracy, then we can accept that the moon is basically a ball of dirt with craters. And even if it were made of green cheese, <laughs> which okay. they used to say, neither cheese nor dirt generate their own light. The moon yeah. reflects the light of the sun just as the other planets do. Okay. So let's allow for the fact that God's going to use some symbolic language in describing the moon, as he does for many things. Okay. You know, even the sun is described as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. Yeah. And the sun is not a bridegroom. Sure. You know, so. But it's described that way because of typology. The actual word for moon in Hebrew is yara'ak. And it's uh, from the Hebrew yara, which is also translated as moon or month. Okay. So we get the word month from the moon. Yeah. You know, our, okay. our, our months are based upon moon cycles. Jericho, the city of Jericho, is yareko. It's derived from yara'ak, and it means its moon. Okay. So isn't it interesting that the first city, the first stronghold that was conquered by the nation Israel when they went into the land of Canaan was Jericho. Hmm. It was overthrown okay. in the conquest of Canaan, uh, and it was named after the moon, its moon. The moon itself appears to be marked by an ancient ruin of meteors or whatever marked its face with craters. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting, the, the symbology there, the typology. Hmm, okay. uh, it implies an ancient destruction, in my humble opinion. And just as we're going to discuss when we talk about Mars, and you and I have talked about Mars in the past. Yeah. And it looks to me like there's ruins on the surface. Sure. I, incidentally, I found yeah. you know, talking about I don't believe NASA's honest, um, so I don't believe everything they say is true. I just don't believe they're the grand ex conspirators of keeping people from floating off the edge of the Earth and uh, the, <laughs> the flat Earth and whatever, you know. Uh, by the way, the, the Bible talks about the four corners of the earth. So if the flat earth is true, then it's not a disc, it's a square. <laughs> it's, a flat, yeah. it's, a, it's a four by eight sheet of plywood, <laughs> just much, much bigger. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but um, again, symbolic language. It allows yeah. for yeah. The, the very idea. Now, um, when we talked about Mars and we saw the surface of it and what looks like rubble, uh, and what could be the destruction or ruin of monolithic structures from ancient times, yeah. possibly. Um, every time you see a photo of Mars from one of the explorer craft that goes there, um, everything that comes from those cameras, Mars, uh, uh, from the surface of Mars, NASA tints reddish. Really? They, they colorize it. They alter it. Now, you could say, well, it's because the, the photos are in black and white. I'm not so sure that's true. I think they have color photography on there. But So why, why do they alter it? When, now, when you look at an unaltered picture, and you can see them, you see red soil like, say, Alabama. You yeah, know, red yeah. soil, red dirt. But all the rocks and rubble are black. Hmm. They look red in the pictures when you go to their website of NASA. But when you look at one that's not been altered, they are strikingly contrasted from the soil. Hmm. Dark, charcoal, grayish black, you know, and then the soil around it is red. So uh, so that would uh, we would make the assumption there that it's not of the ground. Yeah. For lack I mean, of better terms, it's a structure that was blown up. Or, I'm just saying that when we talk to Tim, that's going to be one of my questions uh, for Tim uh, the Albert, okay. you know, that, that there, there appears to be. 
uh, that what would look like ruins and destruction. So is it possible in just the very meaning of the word Jericho, and it was overthrown by the children of Israel, the moon, yeah. that could that have been one of the rebel bases? Not to sound like Star Wars, but <laughs> yeah, but but the actual fallen angel and his um, yeah. minions could they have had bases on Mars and the Moon? Hmm. Go to Genesis chapter thirty-seven now. Okay, the Moon figures into a dream by Joseph. When we talked about visions and dreams a few weeks back, uh, we talked about Joseph's dream, and um, look what he says in Genesis thirty-seven verse nine. And he dreamed yet another dream. This is Joseph. And told it his brethren, the rest of his brothers in Israel, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father. Obeisance is like they bowed down. Okay. And to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? So in Joseph's dream... Symbology, symbology mm-hmm. is used in likening the moon to Rachel, Israel's wife. Okay. Thy mother, he said. Israel would be the sun. Hmm. The 11 stars would be the other brethren. So this dream comes back into play in the Revelation 12 in the end time. So we'll see that later. Okay. But we see a, a type being set of the moon as a woman, as a wife of Israel. Uh, and and it's going to apply somehow. Okay. Later, go to Deuteronomy chapter four. Deuteronomy chapter four, and a few of these will go through fairly quickly, John, because we're just setting the precedent okay. for each of those descriptive terms I gave at the beginning of the moon. We want verse fifteen. So Deuteronomy four and verse fifteen. We read. Well, I've got pages stuck together. That's what the problem uh-huh. is. I can't seem to get it. 4.15. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Meaning, when God is saying to Moses, when I spoke to you, you didn't see anything that looked like God. You just saw a burning bush. Yeah. You saw nothing to copy and say this is God, because he didn't want to make it any images. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Lest ye corrupt yourselves, verse 16, and make you a graven image. The similitude the likeness of mm-hmm. any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. And lest thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the host of heaven shouldst be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided unto all the nations under the whole heaven. So the children of Israel were warned about worshiping the moon, hmm. the stars and the sun, the planets, whatever. So, so should we consider why these celestial bodies, uh, including the moon, were associated with gods which could be worshiped? Yeah. And we know gods are fallen angels. Yeah, yeah. So why is there that connection? You know, now he says anything on the earth, any fish and things like that. So you can apply it in the same way to them. Yeah. Because images are made of the fish god, the, you know, like you think of a, you know, Anubis has the head of a jackal mm-hmm. from the Egyptian yeah. gods, whatever. You could apply it that way. But 
you know, you don't really see gods in images that are just pictures of the sun as a disc. You see discs associated with gods that are mm -hmm. uh, anthropomorphic, like shaped like a human being. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. Anubis has the body of a man, the head of a jackal, maybe a, a, a disc above his head as a, representing the sun or something mm -hmm. like that. You know? yeah. And yeah. I may be confusing him with Ra or one of the other, yeah. Horus or one of the other Egyptian gods. But you get the idea. So what was that connection to the sun, the moon, and the stars? It must have been that, to me, in my opinion, they associated those bodies with where these gods resided. Wow. Okay. Where they lived. Yeah. Right? Okay. Go to Genesis chapter 3. We'll go back to Genesis here for a moment. You know, all of these ancient cultures that talk about star people coming down. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. From the heavens. Well, the sun, the moon, the stars are in the heavens. Genesis 3, verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. This is the temptation in the garden. Yeah. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Hmm. So if Eve was tempted with the promise to be as gods, then gods must have been visible to her, or at least known to her. So she would have known yeah. what gods were if she was being tempted to be like them. Yeah. So is it possible they resided on or in the sun, the moon, the planets, you know, and stars? Hmm. That must have been something she could have associated with them. Maybe in a time when she could see it even more clearly than we can today. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, we have no idea what it looked like to them. You know, some say the earth was surrounded by a vapor canopy. But since it had not rained yet on the earth, there's reason to believe if that's true, if there's a vapor canopy around the earth of Adam and Eve, that it was as clear and maybe almost like a magnifying glass. Who's to hmm. know that the moon didn't look larger yeah. than it did, you know? We just don't know. Back to chapter 1, notice, I want you to go back to something that we already read. Uh, the sun, the moon, and the stars are put in the firmament, which is called heaven. Okay. If we look in verse 6, we read, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Now, I contend this is what we today would call outer space and that it is where the planets and stars reside. Yeah. And waters above are the frozen floor of heaven, the sea okay. of glass. Okay. okay. And waters below are the oceans on the earth. Okay. All right. God made the firmament, verse 7, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which are above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. Now, here's what's interesting to note. Different from every other day of creation, on the second day, God never said that it was good. He pronounced hmm. every other day good. When you look at day one, the evening and the morning were the first day. Yeah, right? Uh, and uh, we know there was goodness there because God is there. Mm-hmm. In verse uh, 9, God said, let the waters of the heaven be gathered. He calls them seas, and God saw that it was good. In verse 10, he brings forth the earth yielding seed and grass. In verse 12, he saw that it was good. He makes the lights in the heaven, the moon, the sun, the stars, and to give light upon the earth. And in verse 18, he saw that it was good. In the fourth day, the waters bring forth the living creatures, great whales and whatnot, and he saw that it was good in verse 21. And the fifth day, he makes the other living creatures, cattle and creeping things. And in verse 25, he saw that it was good. 
In verse 26, he makes man and created the male and female and everything. Uh, and he saw that it was good in verse 31. Hmm. But he never said the second day was good. The why, firmament. Why is that? It's called heaven. Yeah. If the firmament is outer space, who resides in the heaven? The would, second heaven. Would it be God himself or would it be? He's in the third heaven. Okay, then it would be the God's lowercase g. That's right? my contention. Yeah. And it's not good. Hmm. We see in Revelation 12 when the devil and his angels are cast out of heaven. At that point, he says the heavens rejoice and woe unto them on the earth. The heavens will be cleansed in that war. Mm -hmm. Right now, they're not clean. Wow. Okay. They're not clean because these guys occupy it. That's my belief. Now, you know, some argue, well, in chapter 2, it says he looked upon all that he did, and he blessed it, and he said it was all good. But that doesn't change the fact that he intentionally left out pronouncing the second day good when he did it. Mm -hmm. So there's some things that are not good, and we know they exist. Lucifer, his angels, demons, yeah. right? Okay. So go with me to Acts 19. So God created the heavens and the earth, and then these guys who have been cast out of heaven then go to occupy yeah. those areas. When we talk the about moon and the stars, spiritual right? wickedness in high places. Mm -hmm. Satan is the yeah. prince of the power of the air. Deuteronomy warns that you make any images of the moon and the host of heaven. Yeah. Who are the hosts of heaven? The gods. Where do they reside? Mm. In heaven. Wow. A lot of people go out in the woods and do moon dances, right? Yeah. I mean, all yeah, of the occult Wicca. practices yeah. are yeah, tied to that. Yeah. Acts 19.35, and when the town clerk had appeased the people, because Paul was there creating a stir because he preached the gospel, he said, Ye men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how that the city of the Ephesians is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana? And of the image which fell down from Jupiter. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Now, he would be referring to Jupiter the god, but we also know Jupiter is a planet and was named after the god. Let me ask you real quick before you move forward. Why is that italicized? Which? Uh, where it says, the, well, the word image oh. is in italics. Yeah, in a King James Bible, the translators were so transparent uh -huh. that where a word was not actually in the Greek or Hebrew text, okay. but it's needed because it's implied by the other words, okay. so that the English makes sense, they put the word in italics. Okay. So like the word image is not there, like the Greek word for image, whatever that may be, uh, was not there in the verse. But through the context of the rest of the Greek, they knew that that's what he was talking about. Something which fell down from Jupiter okay. would have to be, and was it a spaceship? You know, yeah. So it's an image. Okay. So anytime you see italicized words, it's in a King James Bible. It's because they're, they're adding it for the English to make sense, okay. yeah, to match the Greek. So the Ephesians worship the goddess Diana, and they claim her image came from Jupiter. Could the gods or fallen angels yeah. reside in the second heaven on these planets like Jupiter and be influencing mankind from bases in our solar system or the moon? Hmm. That's the question. Is, it, is that what we mean when we say spiritual wickedness in high places? There are those who claim bombed out structures are on the far side of our moon. You know, Richard Hoagland is one of them, okay. if you've ever heard that name. No, uh, he used to be associated with NASA. I forget how. Okay. Uh, but he claims that there are bombed out structures. He's the one that discovered the face on Mars. 
We have talked about that. Okay, yeah. Well, he didn't discover it, but he, he discovered it. So that, he, he used to be associated with NASA. Yeah. He's not anymore. Not, they, they kicked oh, him out because yeah, he was I, revealing stuff they didn't want revealed? Absolutely. I believe <laughs> he worked at either Goddard Space Lab or something affiliated uh-huh. with NASA. I forget. It's been since the 70s okay. that this came out, you know. So there's, uh, you know, that's one of those questions I want to ask Timothy. Wow. <laughs> Is he still alive? I'm not sure, but I would assume so. Okay. Yeah, I think he's, but he's, he's been silenced. He talked. Too oh, I much. think no, he's not silenced. He's out there. Oh, is he? Yeah, okay. In the bushes. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm. I have to look this guy up. No, I think I think he's been discredited by NASA, but I don't think he's dead. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, Deuteronomy 17. We're kind of going all over the place today, and we're going to look at verse two. If there be found among you within any of thy gates, which the Lord thy God hath given thee, man or woman, that hath wrought wickedness in the sight of the Lord thy God in transgressing his covenant, and hath gone and served other gods and worshipped them, either the sun or moon, or any of the host of heaven which I have not commanded, and if it be told thee, and thou hast heard of it, and inquired diligently, and behold, it be true, and the certain thing that such abomination is wrought in Israel... The thing certain, rather. Then shalt thou bring forth that man or that woman which have committed that wicked thing. In other words, they made an idol or they worshiped a god mm-hmm. of the sun or the moon. Uh, bring him out uh, under the, thy gates, even that man or that woman, and thou shalt stone them with stones till they die. At the mouth of two witnesses or three witnesses shall he that is worthy of death be put to death. But at the mouth of one witness he shall not be put to death. Okay. I wish our own Congress followed that. Thing and I don't they, want to talk about that uh, anymore, man. They just find false <laughs> that gives <words>. me tired head. <laughs> <laughs> so the penalty for worshiping the moon or the sun or the host of heaven was death. Yeah, it was stoning. a serious offense Ooh. to worship the bodies God placed in the heaven. He put them there for ordinances, mm-hmm. for lights, for times and seasons, and yet men turn around and worship them. They're worthy of death. That's interesting. Are they worshiping the actual moon or the being that's? On the moon. Well, they tie it together. Okay. So they're yeah. associating the moon with a god, the sun yeah. with a god. So my question is, why? Why would you not look up at the sun and just see it as a light in the sky and think, okay, maybe they didn't understand it was a burning ball of hydrogen or whatever it actually is. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but why associate that with a god unless God's told them that's where we reside or there's some story connecting there's them? There's some fallen angel that pr- resides in those celestial... Uh, beings and has come down to earth and maybe that ties back to the exchange of technology that yes. happened way back in in the beginning so now they're looking at the moon going hey I, we should worship that guy that came down right am I, am I tying that together you okay. are and all of the the fallen angels that did come down would have taught men things oh, so yeah. whether it was true or not they taught them things and maybe they were teaching them we have bases on the moon so worship that king who's called whatever. Yeah. Uh, the goddess Diana is from Jupiter. Worship her, mm-hmm. whatever. So I don't know how they taught it, but men somehow came to the understanding hmm. that the host of heaven could be worshipped. The gods, you shall be as gods. Man wants to be a god too, right? Now look at Joshua 10. There's the day the earth stood still, right? <laughs> Not to be confused with the movie. Verse 12. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel, which, by the way, was a battle against Nephilim. Yeah. 
And he said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou, moon, in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? By the way, that's an interesting thought. There's The book of Jasher is mentioned twice in the Bible. But and, the book of Jasher is not considered one of the books of the Bible. It, but it's in the book of Enoch, isn't it? No, book of Enoch is a separate book. It's oh, in the it Apocrypha. Okay, okay, that's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so the book of Jasher, and I think might have been one of those that was found among the Dead Sea Scrolls. I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, but yeah, so there's a book of Jasher, and it's referenced here. Now, the reason it wasn't included in Scripture because they couldn't find, it wasn't preserved. God for, had a reason to not preserve it. Okay. So that what copies we might have now may or may not be legit. You know, or may or, com- or complete. Accurate or yeah. complete. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. And there was no day like that before it or after it, that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of man, for the Lord fought for Israel. So when Joshua battles the Amorite kings, the sun and the moon stood still for a day. Now, flat earth uh, believers claim this is strong evidence that the earth doesn't rotate uh, and on an axis, and it doesn't. it's not a sphere. But I don't know okay. that I agree with that, because they say, well, supposedly the earth spins at 1,000 miles per hour. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the reason why we don't go flying off of it is because everything is spinning at the same rate. So it's the same if you were in a, in a car, you know, mm-hmm. you might be moving at 70 miles an hour, but inside the car, you're all experiencing the yeah. same G-force. You know? yeah. And if that G-force was suddenly to come to a stop, <laughs> you go flying through the windshield. It should be a bad know? thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and also, if you look at it in, in the terms of, uh, of scale, uh, it goes. It may be going at a thousand miles an hour, but it takes an entire twenty-four hour period to complete a rotation. Yeah. So if you want a, a a picture of it, get on a merry-go-round, and ask somebody to spin you around once, so that you complete a single rotation in twenty-four hours. You're not going to go flying off the merry-go-round. Yeah. You're going to be that's the most boring ride you've ever been on. <laughs> I think there's a professor Dave that talks about that somewhere on YouTube. Uh, but I contend that God wrote his word to reveal himself to mankind. So he right. writes it from man's perspective. He would put things in the context of how man sees it. To Joshua and the Israelites, it looked like the, the sun and the moon stood still. Yeah, okay. They say, well, if the earth actually, if they stopped spinning and rotating it, then wouldn't everything go flying off at an abrupt stop or something like that? Well, we're going to see in the book of Revelation at some point in another study that he tells the angels to hold the four winds on the four corners of the earth while he seals the servants of God. Okay. So if the angels are told to hold the four winds on the mm-hmm. four corners of the earth, which, by the way, there's no corners. Yeah. So we're talking about north, south, east, and west. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, some, some propose that if a coming cataclysm were to happen and the poles were to shift, you know, the earth would move, the tectonic plates would move, and I think they are going to do so. According to Isaiah 24, the earth will reel to and fro like a drunkard. Okay. God will turn the world upside down. But they say that but the wind would keep spinning around and it would just destroy everything. Because the oceans, all that stuff would be pushed according to the wind oh, and the yeah. moon. And it would just overflow in two-mile-high tsunamis and all that stuff. But not if, if what if God is going to turn the earth upside down at the same moment that he tells the angels to hold the four winds? Hmm. And then, because he promised there would not be another flood. Yeah. See? So he's able to do all kinds of things. He created the laws of physics. Yeah. So if he wants to hold, he would have held the four winds if he stopped the earth from spinning in the day that Joshua defeated the Amorites here. 
Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. So it could be that the sun and moon literally stopped moving in the sky, or that the earth stopped rotating and they appeared to stop from man's point of view. And God controls the laws of physics enough to make any of that happen. Yeah, sure. It's not. It's miraculous, but it's for him it's natural. Mm -hmm. Nothing supernatural to God. He created the laws of nature. You know. Yeah. Go to Second Kings chapter twenty-three. <clears throat> After First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. Chapter 23. I learned that last week. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I was being Cause I, Yeah, because I said, hey, where's 2 Kings? And you're like, after 1 Kings. I'm like, that doesn't help me any. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> always, always want to be helpful. <laughs> so verse 5, and he put down the, this is referring to a king of Israel. And he put down the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Judah had ordained to burn incense in the high places in the cities of Judah and in the places round about Jerusalem, them also that burned incense unto Baal, to the sun, and to the moon, and to the planets, and to all the hosts of heaven. So the gods were associated with the high places, which is where men worshiped them. And perhaps we should stop limiting our understanding of that to simply mountaintops, mm -hmm. or high yeah. you know, pinnacles, and expand it to see that the mountaintop locations were where they burned incense, it was to call upon the gods in the heavens to come down from the sun and the moon and the planets and where they possibly reside. Hmm. Doesn't matter what dimension they're in. Yeah. Dimensions we can't see are still part of God's creation. Sure. Okay. And they're still bound by the same laws of physics. They may have different laws in that dimension. I don't know. But I think if, uh, if angels, uh, fallen angels, are flying around in spacecrafts when they're in the second heaven or the astral realm or whatever you want to call that dimension, they're transported through the same craft. And when they come into the earth's dimension and the atmosphere, they, you know, they, they use the same vehicle. Mm -hmm. I, I would argue that it's all the same physics. Now go to Ephesians 6 because it ties us back into this high places. I mentioned this earlier, and this is a passage we go to all the time, but we're going to refer to it now to give us some understanding of this specific subject. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our battle is not with men, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Well, they don't live on those mountaintops where they burned incense. Mm -hmm. The high places are the heavens, yeah. the host of the heavens. So Satan dwells in the high places. Where are they? Look in chapter 2 of Ephesians. Verse 3, verse 1 for the context. And you at the quickened, raised up, who were dead in trespasses and sins, judicially we were without Christ, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, 
and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. The power of the air, high places. Hmm. Strong's defines that as the atmospheric region. <clears throat> but why couldn't it include where the sun, moon, and the stars are? Sure. I call that the second heaven. Okay. You know, I think when we had Vicki Joy Anderson on, she described that as this astral realm where that we can access through in a bad way. You don't want to access that. Okay. But people are trying to through meditation and sure. lucid dreaming and whatever, out of body, yeah. astral projection, whatever. And you're getting into that realm where these entities exist. And I think it's tied to the planets, you know. Uh, go to Second Corinthians chapter 4. And here we see the term, the God of this world, verse 4. And in the God of this world, well, let me read verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. What makes a person lost? In whom the God of this world, it's a little g, the God of this world is Lucifer. Okay. Hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. The God of this world, we worship, they worship the host of heaven, the sun, the moon, the stars. Why did the ancients worship the moon and the planets? You know, if Lucifer's the god of this world, they chose to worship him from that position that he hmm. claims to occupy. You know, in wow. that firmament that God created that he didn't pronounce good on the second day. Yeah. You know, now when he made the sun, the moon, and the stars, whatever, they are good, but that doesn't mean that evil can't be on them yeah. or occupy them. Now go to Psalm 8, Psalm chapter 8, and we're going to start to see that the moon itself is good, even if it's been tainted, corrupted, uh, you know, uh, perverted by the, the gods. That doesn't mean that it wasn't something that God had a purpose for. In Psalm 8, we read in verse 3, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained... So God ordained the sun and the moon. What hmm. is the ordinance? What is that ordinance? Well, we know from Genesis 1, he said it would be for signs and for seasons, yeah. for days yeah. and years and whatever, um, the, uh, the, in verse uh, 14 through 16. But we don't have to go back and read that again. We can go to Psalm 89, stay there in Psalm, in the Psalms, and we see something else about it. This ordinance is forever. In verse 35 of Psalm 89, Once I have sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David, his seed shall endure forever, and his throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever as the moon, and as a faithful witness in heaven, Selah. I think, uh, John, you and I and your wife and my wife were having a discussion before we recorded and your wife was even asking about mm -hmm. uh, what happens to the moon at the end of the millennium. Okay. And uh, I was letting her know that there's passages that say that from one moon, new moon to the next, they're going to mm -hmm. go up and worship the Lord in the new heaven and the new earth. Okay. Yeah. And, and that would match this passage here, that the moon is established forever. Even when there's a new heaven and a new earth, there's still going to be a sun and a moon. Yeah. He may renovate them. Okay. And maybe they'll no longer have the craters and the pockmarks. And I even suggested, is it possible we might even occupy it? Yeah. You know? And it's interesting. He says, 
verse 37, it shall be established forever as the moon and as a faithful witness in the heaven. So the moon is a faithful witness. Like it's there to show that when God says something, he keeps his promise because mm-hmm. it's never going to go away. That's what makes it a faithful witness. And go to Psalm 148. Almost the end of Psalms. 150 chapters. I was about Psalms. to say, every time I flip a page, I'm in Proverbs. There we go. All right, it's just a couple, three short chapters before the book ends. But in verse 3 of Psalm 148, it says, Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise ye him, ye heavens of heavens, uh, heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. So I think about that. We were talking about this earlier. Are, are the, the physical planets going to sing? It's possible. Are they going to shout out praises? Is the moon going to suddenly have a big mouth? Like, you know, there was some ancient movie they made back when the silent era where a guy launched a missile to the earth and the, the earth was like the man in the moon. He had a face and the, the missile hit him <laughs> in the eye, you know. <laughs> and uh, so it's possible that we're talking about the moon is actually going to somehow sing praise unto God uh, are going to praise him. But I'm going to argue it's going to be sentient beings on the planet. I was going to say, it's, it's because it's occupied by yeah. people that are praising. I would think so. For for praise to God, are there inhabitants in the sun? And will the physical heavenly bodies actually do the singing, or are there going to be inhabitants at some point, if not now? So you does know? that lend to the theory that, well, after when the new earth is created, we will, as Christians, occupy the earth, right? Yeah. Not other planets. Oh, maybe not. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. Yeah. Hmm. Why not? I mean, it, it, and it, it may be not us that are in resurrected bodies. Maybe we have other positions of reign. But what if your reign is to rule over a certain planet or galaxy? Yeah. If we're going to live forever, eternally, mm-hmm. and the universe is vast. Wow. You know, there's a possibility. Uh, and, and also, when you think about, you know, well, how could you occupy the sun? Well, maybe the sun's composition will be different at that time. Because it goes on mm-hmm. to talk about yeah. that what's going to light the earth is the city Jerusalem. It, will have, it says we'll have no need of the sun. The sun will be there. Yeah. But maybe the sun will be different. Maybe it'll be at that point an occupiable planet. And so will Venus and Mercury, you know, yeah. and, and the gas giants, Saturn and Uranus and, wow. and Jupiter. So we don't know how. And then we have the technology <clears throat> to travel. Yeah. We'll have Between. the same advanced technology that the angels have now. Yeah. So it would be nothing to cross through, call it a wormhole, mm-hmm. call it an interdimensional travel, whatever. You know, if you if uh, if their if their devices create their own gravitational fields, then there's no limit. There's no limitation on the speed of light. It's kind of mind bending. To right me, it there. is absolutely. Go to Jeremiah 31, and this is the very passage that um, I think uh, Jana brought up when we were talking about this. Jeremiah 31. And we're going to talk about the ordinances of the moon and the sun and what, and tying, tying this to the moon being a faithful witness and abiding forever, we see in Jeremiah 31, verse 35, um, thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day and the ordinances of the moon and of the stars for a light by night, which, and again, how does the moon give light? It reflects the light of the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances depart from before me, all of what he just mentioned, the sun, the moon, the stars, the, the waves. And by the way, as I understand, the moon is what creates the tide. 
Yeah. You know, the moon the is, is involved, yeah. yeah, in the in the waves and things. If those ordinances depart from me, before me, saith the Lord, <clears throat> then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. In other words, it's a promise that that'll never stop. Okay. They will be forever God's people. They may not be now temporarily, as they are low am I, yeah. but he yeah. promises to restore them. Thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith the Lord. And another interesting thing about flat earth thinking is they think they know how big the firmament is. Okay. I forget the numbers they give, but they say it's so high and, and it's a shell. It's like you're, you're living in a, like a snow globe. Okay. That's the, that's the working model okay. for them. Well, then they've measured the heavens because they say the heaven is the firmament and it's solid. So you can measure a solid. Okay. Well, you can yeah. measure a gas and a liquid too. <laughs> yeah. But you can measure the dimensions of a solid, height, depth, width. Mm -hmm. Well, so isn't that defying what God just said here? If heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel. Well, since he's not going to cast off the seed of Israel, then it would make more sense than that, that the universe is infinitely large. Yeah. As the models predict of a spherical earth. And it's just interesting to me that all the planets appear as sphere, but spheres, but the earth is not. You know? Yeah. I mean, if God is anything, he's consistent. And he, he designs something and the model, you know, like he designs one type of animal and after their kind. Yeah. So dogs are all dogs. No matter what shape or size, they're sure. all dogs. They behave like dogs. You know, they're, I think, God's special gift to men. <laughs> cats, <laughs> yeah, on the other I hand. I hope they're in heaven. There's many shapes of cats, <laughs> right? Many shapes of cats. But cats think of us as staff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, we love our cats, but dogs love you. I don't you. really care for them that much. Dogs <laughs> love you unconditionally, whereas cats love you as long as you feed them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, sorry for cat lovers out there. <laughs> so the moon is forever an ordinance to shine, to give light, and it's proof of God's promise to Israel. So regardless of what may happen to the moon from our perspective or on the surface we can't see, the moon's going to abide forever. Okay. So even if Satan does have bases on the dark side of the moon of fallen angels where they launch mm -hmm. these flying yeah. uh, rolls and the ephahs. The curse. Yeah, which could be where they're from or any other location sure. in the heavens. So in wrapping this up, go to Luke chapter 21. And this is where Christ was speaking about the last days. In Luke 21, 25, he said, there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon. That we were talking about lying wonders last mm -hmm. week. And in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Remember we talked about the moon is involved in, in the gravitational pull yeah. with the tide and the sea sure. and the waves roaring. Well, we said he's not going to make the earth uh, destroy it with a flood again, but that doesn't mean there won't be tidal waves and, and things like sure. that. Sure, yeah. <clears throat> Verse 26, whatever's happening causes this. Men's hearts failing them for fear. Just dropping dead. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. I think we're going to see wars in heaven. And we're going to see these things leaving the moon and Mars and whatever bases they occupy as God's angels engage in battle with the angels of the dragon. Yeah. And we're going to witness a literal Star Wars That's in the heavens. That's going to be pretty horrifying to watch. Yeah. And because it's so 
I mean, think there's an innumerable company of angels, so we don't know how many there are. So how many craft would that involve? And if a third of the angels joined Lucifer in rebellion, mm -hmm. imagine the skies literally filled with spacecraft battling right before our eyes. Because what are they battling for? The earth. Yeah. Mankind and humanity. And so verse 27, Then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption, redemption draweth nigh. And that's where I decided I was going to get my closing catchphrase from right there. That verse, look up for your redemption draws nigh. Oh, okay. So the moon is going to show coming signs in the last days. Uh, we're going to read it in a moment again, but we already saw reference to it turning to blood. So what kind of signs are we to look for? Is it turning to blood because it's getting stained with the blood? It's such a big battle. Of, of whether it's angels or Nephilim hybrids and, and these craft, maybe humanity's up there fighting too. You know, I, there's reason to believe that our government's been working in cahoots with these entities that they claim to be extraterrestrials. And maybe they're, you know, maybe some of the crap that are being cited are actually us having reverse engineered it and it's human beings involved. You wow. know, the okay. black ops, the, the, uh, the dark government, the uh, whatever you call that, the underground stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, they're never going to tell us the truth about that. Mark 13, verse 24. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. Well, yeah, the moon wouldn't give her light if the sun was darkened, yeah. right? Yeah. And the stars of heaven shall fall. Well, if literal stars that are light years away, like Alpha Centauri and Betelgeuse and whatever, mm -hmm. they're not falling to the earth, we'd burn up. Yeah. So it's angels. The stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. That's, I think there's a battle going on. Yeah. You're going to see all this. Suddenly, these, imagine giant motherships. And we, we, I yeah. asked you about hearing those weird sound, trumpet-like yeah. yeah. large sounds. I mean, is that, are they culminating? Are they getting ready to engage Ooh, in the battle? That's wild. Are thinking. we getting closer, you know? Verse... Um, 26, again, they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. In other words, the Lord's coming is right behind these signs and wonders. And once again, it's interesting to note, he said, the moon shall not give her light. Likening the moon to, if the sun female, is likened to a yeah. bridegroom, which mm -hmm. is male, yeah. and the sun is likened to her, which is female, it's to tie it consistently to that uh, dream that Joseph had about his father and his mother. Hmm, okay. Right? Go to Joel 2. We read this last week, but we're going to peek at it one more time before we jump into uh, um, Revelation. Right after Hosea, right after Daniel. Joel chapter 2. And for the context of this time, we're going to start in verse 1. We jumped right down to the last days uh, in, in our discussion last week about um, lying wonders. But here we're going to look at the context. So Joel 2, 1. Blow you the trumpet in Zion. And sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Now, we, we're talking about these sounds that we're hearing. They sound like mm -hmm. people claiming trumpets. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes me wonder, is this the trumpet? Is the trumpet of the Lord getting ready to sound? Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh through it is nigh at hand. So that's the context, the day of the Lord. Okay. The time of Jacob's trouble, the wrath of God and his second coming. What is it? Verse 2, a day of darkness 
and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains. A great people and a strong, there hath not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. Okay, whatever this day of the Lord involves, there's a great people that has never been like it before. Now, who are these people? Verse 3. Hmm. A fire devoureth before them, <clears throat> and behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Yea, and nothing shall escape them. The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, and as horsemen so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap, like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble, as a strong people set in battle array. Before their face the people shall be much pained. All faces shall gather blackness. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. And they shall march every one on his ways, and they shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another. Now, did you see <clears throat> the um, Avengers movie where Loki, the brother of Thor, opened that portal and the Jatari came down and attacked New York City with those big floating dragon-like spaceships and those guys on these little flying motorcycle-type things. They were the aliens. I don't know if I've seen that, but uh, that sounds like a pretty vivid scene. <clears throat> it was very vivid. Yeah. And they, they fight them. The Avengers uh -huh. fight these guys. I pictured this as an army. I, it's almost as though yeah. could, the, could Marvel... Influenced by demons. Yeah. <laughs> you know, be giving us sort of an image, a foretaste of what this is. Sure. Because it's almost what this, what's describing here is it's like these Jatari that were attacking people. I, I may be saying that The fact wrong. that it says in verse 7, they shall run like mighty men, right? Yeah. And mighty men is referring to the Nephilim, right? Yeah, super, the, yeah the Gevorim, right? Exactly. They shall climb the wall like men of war. Mm -hmm. So it's a war. It's an army. They shall march everyone in his ways, and they shall not break their ranks. Those are soldiers. Yeah. Right? Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk everyone in his path. And when they shall fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. Who's to say they didn't come off of the planets? Mm -hmm. It's an army of aliens attacking us. Verse 9, they shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb up upon the houses. They shall enter in at the window like a thief. The earth shall quake before them. The heavens shall tremble. The sun and the moon shall be dark. And the stars shall withdraw their shining. Is it because there's such a vast number of these things that they appear in the sky and they darken the sky? Wow. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? It's the Lord's army. This they're, is the they're battle satanic. of Armageddon. It is, well, not quite. Not no? yet. This is okay. before that. This That battle of Armageddon is when the armies of the Antichrist, uh, which are human and Nephilim hybrids, yeah. join at Armageddon to go meet the Lord in Jerusalem. Okay. Okay. This is before that. So in context of timeline, where, where would this be? This is in the beginning of the tribulation? Or in the in the uh, the second near, half. Near the end, right? In the second yeah. half near the okay. end. Yeah. yeah. I would th I would argue it is. And so is it possible the moon's going to be darkened and the sun's darkened because this army invades from the sky? Mm -hmm. And they come down. And if we skip down to verse 28, which is where we were last week, just to, to finish it up and tie it in, it should come to pass afterwards, verse 28 that I will pour out my spirit. So we read that part. Mm -hmm. Skip down to verse 
20, uh, verse 30. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The earth, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And so if the moon is going to be turned to blood, is like I asked last week, is it a reference to just red in color? A reference to actual transformation or a reference to a battle? Mm-hmm. Everything about this yeah. is pointing to a battle of war. Yeah. And so if there's going to be people defeated, there's blood. And we know that God said, I'll show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke in Joel 2. I think it's a reference to the war in heaven in Revelation 12. Wow. Uh, and, and let's go to Revelation 12 just to tie in to, to as a last verse here in verse um, 7. Revelation 12. So, oh, by the way, if you back up to verse 1, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, the woman, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And that's like a reference to it's Israel in tribulation, mm-hmm. the sun and the moon. And the 12 stars are the children of Israel and Rachel and Jacob. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, anyway, it's a reference to the birth of Jesus Christ, most likely. That's fulfilled, and then he ascends to heaven. And then verse um, 7. Uh, oh, and by the way, she flees into the wilderness in verse 6. So there's Israel okay. being persecuted by the beast. And verse 7, there was war in heaven. So I think what could possibly be happening is... Hmm. Uh, at the point at which the Antichrist declares himself to be God, that's the abomination of desolation of Matthew 24 that Christ yeah. warned about. Yeah. And he said, when you see it, flee Judea, okay. where Jerusalem is. So the remnant of Israel, the seed, run. Okay. And they go into the wilderness where God's going to feed them and protect them. Yeah. All right? And he prepares them for, for when he comes back for the battle three and a half years later. Okay. During that time might be when the battle starts of the things in heaven, the, this, mm-hmm. these uh, soldiers coming down, maybe from, maybe from the moon. Hmm. I contend they could be based on the far side of the moon. Yeah, the moon's going to turn to blood, implying that many of them are going to be killed before they even get out of orbit, or something. Oh wow! And the surface of the moon is going to be stained red with blood. That's a possibility. Wow. We'll talk to Timothy about that. Uh, verse um, seven. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. Where were they associated with being? In the sun, the moon, the host of heaven. Yeah. And prevailed not, the dragon and his angels. Neither was their place found anymore where? In heaven. In heaven. That where is their place? It's in heaven. Not where God's throne is. So they lost this battle, and now they're coming to earth to flee flee because they're getting whooped up on. Right. (laughs) And, And to gain... An army of Nephilim hybrids yeah. to help them fight because they know the Lord's coming back. Wow. Yeah. Remember how L.A. would talk about Satan knows he's outnumbered two to one? Yeah. With just the angels. So he needs more He needs more recruits. Yeah. That's the, the mark may have something to do with it. Well, I was just about to say that. So you got all these people waiting on earth who have taken the mark. And then the big, the big lie is yeah. that, hey, now they're coming to destroy us. Right. So anyways. And then verse 9, the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So are we approaching the time of this battle getting Hmm. ready? Are we seeing a possible invasion of fallen angels to the earth or a visible battle in the heavens between God's mighty angels and the dragon's rebel forces? And is that why all this disclosure is actually happening? 
you know, they're getting ready to deceive us. Yeah. And like we said last week, they're going to turn around and we'll discuss this when we talk about the false Messiah in a, in a coming up episode. Uh, after we just interview Timothy Alberino. Okay. And we're going to get into the idea that he actually comes in, the Antichrist, to say, yes, God is real, but he's the actual enemy. I'm the good guy. He's the bad guy. And we've got to prepare for battle. And I'm going to come protect you and defend you yeah. with all my technology. You know, maybe they actually uh, help fight these things that come from the moon or something. I don't know. Maybe it's a false flag yeah. operation. And they uh, protect us from them. So they're going to say, who is able to make war with the beast? Because look who he... Def- he he uh, mm-hmm. he uh, He's the Avenger that, that won the battle against the Jatari. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's part of the deception. So who knows? Oh, that was a pretty wild podcast there. You'll never look at the full moon the same no. way again, will you, John? <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering well, who's standing up there on it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's something to what Richard Hoagland is saying about those bombed out structures on the yeah. moon. You know, it's very possible, but we won't know until the Lord comes. So if you don't know you have a Savior, my suggestion is you trust Jesus. Well, you don't want to stick around for that part of the history. I don't want to fight those things. <laughs> no. You don't want to be around for that battle. You want to go out in the in the catching out of the body. Yeah. The rapture. So, till next time, John. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks As for a, having me. You bet. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. And. As always, look up for our redemption draw Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com. 